0: Chapter Two It was on this spot, I tell you. Tiki flew down onto Gom's shoulder and dug in her claws. We can notice now the thick leather padding across the jacket's shoulders. Here, one minute. Gone the next. I saw it vanish. I know. I saw it too. Just for a second. Gom looked around, staff raised to strike. And it's still here. Not Boghest. Kiki didn't sound so sure. Definitely not Boghest, Gom reassured her. Kiki ruffled her feathers nervously. Is it Katak, do you think? Has number two arrived? Gong glanced about, I don't know. I guess no, for it hasn't attacked. But we'd better not take chances. Come. Slashing the air with his staff, Gong turned about and strode away. Wicken watched them dwindle off down the slope. He had considered his own knack of attuning himself to the thought of other creatures remarkable. And yet, that youth had actually been speaking that bird's tongue. Could all outsiders do that, he wondered. What had they been saying? Whatever, it was clear the youth had been afraid. And yet he seemed no coward. Youth and bird vanished down into the scrub. Wiccan stood undecided. That one had been no threat. In fact, he'd seemed as nervous as Wiccan. He had to live somewhere near. Could surely spare him some food. Might help even further. Shifting back to visible, Wiccan took a breath. Hey, wait, I need help. He skittered down the slope, expecting to see Goms back at any moment. He reached the scrub "'scanning the downward terrain. "'But the youth was nowhere in sight. "'For his size, that one sure moved fast. "'As Wiccan reached the tree-line, "'rock gave way to matted pine needles, "'and the slope grew gentler. "'Wiccan's boot spikes no longer skidded, and he no longer had to fight to keep his balance. Yet, strangely, the going didn't get easier. Bushes, growing ever more dense, snagged his suit, his pack, jerking him backwards. No sooner had he freed himself from those when a barbed vine looped around his arm, scoring the suit's tough leather. At last, the undergrowth became so dense that he couldn't move another step. Exhausted and shaky with hunger now, Wiccan unslung his pack and sat down with a bump. For a long, delicious minute, he stayed thus with his back against a tree trunk, eyes closed. Then he came to with a jolt. What was he doing? Sitting would get him nowhere. He tried to haul himself back upright, but found he was too weak to move. Hey, you with the bird! Help me! he shouted. Oh, what was the use? That one was too far off to hear. Despite himself, Wiccan eyed the surrounding trees with interest. Not oak, ash or maple, not any tree he'd been taught to recognise, not so old either. The grey-green chunk were slender, and their bark, while lichen splashed, was clean and smooth. Likely offshoots of the forest proper, he thought, crowded out by the ancient trees below and seeking purchase on its edge, yet descendants of that forest nonetheless, Their leaves, like fingers on an outspread hand, were tipped with flame. As Wiccan sat there, a leaf detached itself from a branch of the tree against which he was sitting, and feathered past his nose. When it landed, Wiccan picked it up "'and examined it. "'The leaf was not autumn-kindled like its fellows, "'but sickly yellow and splotched with sooty blight. Swiveling, he saw that the tree's bark "'was afflicted likewise. "'He stroked the tree trunk With his gloved hand, sad to see it so stricken, poor thing. I'd help you if I could. Wickham thought of the dying pine seedlings back up inside the mountain, how they'd turned green again after he had pictured them restored to health. Would that work here? If he pictured the sick tree like the healthy ones around it, would he make it well again? Wouldn't harm to try. Wiccan closed his eyes and imagined the sooty coating flying off the tree's leaves and bark and scattering to the winds. He pictured its life force surging like spring sap from its roots renewing every cell. For some while he sat thus, half in, half out of sleep, mind on the ailing tree, imagining it fine and whole. At last, tiring from the effort, he fell into a doze. There he stayed, until, out of nowhere, air stirred all around him, sounding like a breath, a sigh. Then all was still again. Wiccan opened his eyes. Behind him, the young tree soared, its smooth green-gray trunk gleaming, its glossy leaves aflame. His wish had worked. If only, Wiccan thought wryly, he could fix himself. I'm glad that one of us is feeling better, he said aloud. I'd give anything for a bite and a swallow and a good hot bath. Directly in front of him was a patch of Deeper dark, an opening in among the crowded trunks and bramble thickets. Odd, he murmured. I swear it wasn't there before. Whether or no, by now he didn't care, nor where that path would take him, as long as it led to food. He climbed to his feet. Shouldered his pack and limped on down the slope. The lower he went, the bigger the trees became and more heavily hung with vine. The whole forest seemed to be one vast, hoary thicket, and yet the thorny vines didn't snag him now, and always a path opened up before him. The air grew so warm that Wiccan's skin was pricking inside his suit, though you and I might have found it cool, even chill, under the dark of those trees. Still Wiccan limped on, one laboured step after the other, along the winding path, down into deep hollows, up over rocky spines. He was on the point of stopping for another rest when a patch of light cut the gloom ahead. Putting on a spurt, Wiccan reached the edge of a large, round clearing of short and springy grass. All around its rim, The trees formed a solid wall of massive, soaring trunks. Wiccan was right on Gom's doorstep, at the edge of Hargis Lake. Of course, he could see neither. But Gom saw him all right. Standing at his bedroom window, Gon had been trying to decide what to do about the monstrous creature he'd encountered by the forest's border. Can't get in, he murmured, taking comfort. The Dunderfoss won't let it. Even... As he said it, that very creature emerged in plain sight from the dark of the surrounding trees, stopping at the water's brink. Gob leaned into the window's deep sill, eyeing the huge hairy shape with its great head and dark band where eyes should be. The creature half turned just then, and now gone glimpsed its monstrous, misshapen back. The beast certainly looked fearsome, and likely was dangerous, possessing as it did the power to disappear. Was it connected to the pheromores in some way? It was much of a size. With those antlered beings? If so, it would be harmless. If not, he fingered the small lump of crystal lying underneath his shirt. Could it be Tatak, shape changer, after all? Instead of going for the starstone up the slope, had it let him lead the way to Hargus house and all her treasures into the bargain? If so, like a fool, he'd led it here. No. Gom let fall his hand. Whatever outward shape the spoor might take, the Dunderfoss would sense its evil essence. And never let it in. The creature still stood at the water's edge, seeming at a loss. Why had the forest, Halga's long time friend and ally, brought it to her secret sanctuary? What was it doing here? Taking up his staff, Gone ran down the stair and out. Wiccan crossed the clearing, intending to move on. But when he got there, he found no path, not even the slightest opening. He followed the clearing's edge all the way back to his starting place and found the path that had brought him there gone too. Puzzled, he paced around the grassy space full circle now, and finding not the slightest wedge in that thatch of tree and vine. It was as if the forest had led him to a trap, and shut him in. Old panic started up inside, setting his heart a-racing. This was how the fox had felt, cornered in his hole. Had Wigan not moved to interfere, things might have ended badly. He pictured Ethac bending down before its hole, blocking the light filling the space with the scent of human come to kill. As Wiccan's fear peaked, Gong bumped the raft against the shore and secured its moorings. But he didn't twist the ring, the front door key, that would reveal both lake and house to the creature. He simply stepped from one space to the other. As Wiccan had vanished earlier, Gom appeared. Ah! Wiccan raised his arms to ward Gom off. Thinking the creature about to attack, Gom lifted his staff above his head, calling out strange words in a loud, Sing song voice. Light flashed from Gom's staff and flared right over Wicken's head, engulfing him. Wicken squeezed his eyes shut, red and blue dots flaring behind his lids. When next he opened them, the light was gone and all was as before. At least, So it seemed. But it wasn't, children. For Gomp had pulled out a containment spell, enclosing Wiccan all around. Nothing fancy, just a little bubble, soft as the membrane in a chicken's egg. Invisible from inside, Its outer surface shimmered with all the colours of the rainbow. Wicken turned and ran, only to bounce off the bubble's springy skin. He turned and ran the other way, only to rebound as before. A trap, a trap for sure. What manner of person would shut up a body like this? He whipped around. Let me out! Though Gom couldn't understand a word, the drift was unmistakable. The voice itself? That pulled him up, for it was human, and its tone, indignant. Male, as Gom would guess, with the rasp of a throat not too long broken. Let me out, I said. What are you? Why are you doing this? Wiccan beat his fists against the bubble's springy skin. Still, the youth made no reply. Wiccan eyed him bitterly. Why would he? For whatever reason, Wiccan was caught. He let fall his arms. Weakness swept through. What strength he'd had left was gone with his outburst. Like an animal in a cage he was, and that youth regarding him as if... He straightened. In the suit, he would seem the beast, the monster. His captor hadn't moved. In fact, he seemed to be at as much of a loss as Wiccan. Why, he could be as fearful of Wiccan as Wiccan was of him. At that thought, children. He began to laugh. The youth looked startled. What's so funny? Such was the expression on Ron's face. Wiccan clearly caught his meaning. We are, Wiccan said. Look, whoever you are. I need food. Tuska, that was in Quigmorren. He raised an imaginary spoon to his mouth. Tuska, Tuska! The youth's eyebrows rose. The dark eyes sharpened. Tuska? Wiccan nodded. His captor was eyeing him intently, but still made no move to set him free. Wickham's flash of humour vanished in a blast of frustration. Surely the youth did not still think him a monster. Wickham glanced skyward. The sun had not yet cleared the trees. There he showed himself. He slipped off his pack, set it down, and as he did so, heard a quick drawn breath. i not what you think, see? Now Wiccan removed his visor. So dim the light was, even on the clearing's edge. After a few eye blinks and rapid shakes of the head, his eyes adjusted, and they didn't hurt at all. Growing bolder, he dropped the visor to the ground, and reaching up again, lifted off his helmet. Now, Wiccan thought, eyeing the youth expectantly, now he must be reassured. Gom looked on in astonishment. The hump? A backpack? As Wiccan made to remove his helmet, Gom guessed now that this was a human removing some kind of covering and not a hairy monster unaccountably. "'lifting off its head. "'But, braced as he was, "'as that helmet rose, "'revealing Wiccan's face, "'he still went stiff with shock. "'The helmet pressed against his chest. "'Wiccan eyed gone over the top of it. "'Well!' "'Gum stared back. "'Oh, my,' he whispered.